0: Uh, Today is going to be fun. Um, The last two Sundays, who's been here the last two Sundays? Cool, Jordy, but who's been here one of the last two? Rick, Keep those hands up. Okay, all right, right on. Uh, So we talked two Sundays ago about God giving shalom to the soul, peace to the soul. And that word is a very uh, pregnated word, you know, meaning there's fullness for your soul. There's completeness. Uh, there's tranquility and it's peace he leaves with us. A peace I give to you, never taking it away. So peace is always available by faith, if we want to step into it. The invitation for us to step into peace is actually there because it's a person, and like Jonathan was saying, we're in union with this man. And then last week I talked about how's your soul, you know, and uh, I got you know, kind of heavy a little on different topics, but. Um the last two weeks, uh, I feel like God has had me personally in a season of prayer for this family that we would do the school year well, that we would be a church that yes is loving our city and running hard, and when you're going, those of us who've been in Isla Vista, you're going when the school year's on. Um but in the midst of it, like Jesus said, what is a profit a man, a church to gain a whole city, right? The whole world, but lose your soul. You know, and I have a high value for us to have a healthy soul life in God. Uh, the word of God. Okay, there's a fly on me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get off. Thank you, Do You want our story real quick? Trip out on this. I'm a baby in Jesus. I'm probably like two months old in the Lord. We go up on lizard's mouth, and I'm at the edge of a cliff. I'm just sitting there, you know, and flies start swarming all around me and you know when you're a young believer you don't know anything you just read the word and you're like game on right so i saw that the devil was called like bezaba like the lord of the flies so i was like you, these are from the devil you know and so like but i'm just coming to more of a frustrated place but then i'm like the lord rebuke you all out and i kid you not, like, every fly went Phew! i was like jesus is real <laughs> you know he already convinced me he was real but you know as a two month old you're just like yes this stuff works. So, anyway, as you saw, the fly is already gone again. They know. Um, so, back to my point, what I was getting at is today's going to be an open service. And what that looks like is it means people, myself, I'll come back up here, are going to have a chance to contribute to the message, add to it. And I want us to stay, which is why I lifted those hands, in those two lanes, which we heard a lot about peace, we heard about our souls. I know God has been saying stuff to other people. People have been texting me, been in, you know, conversations. So we're going to stay in that lane. Sound good? Some of you are like, well, I want to talk about the Trinity. That's not today. That's a different day. We're going to stay in these two lanes, okay? Sound good. Cool. Uh, Our beloved sister, Krista, is going to open up with, like, a piece, a poem. I don't know exactly what, but it's going to be fire. I already read it. Welcome her up.
1: Hi, I'm Krista. Um, I'm going to read from this, and I don't know, you don't have to look at me. I'd honestly rather you pay attention to my voice. Um, Yeah, I just want to thank Jesus first. Thank you, Jesus, that you love us and that you're here, that you're in each and every one of us. You give us peace freely. Thank you, Jesus. Um, So if you know me at all, I love words, and I love digging deeper about words, especially Hebrew words. Um, And so I'm going to go over a few of those, and then after that I'm going to read a small excerpt from a book by Brendan Manning. And as I read these things, just let God be God and bring meaning to you as he does. Um, yeah. So the word rested in Genesis 2 is Shabbat in Hebrew. It's where we get the word Sabbath, but moreover, it means to stop, to cease, or be complete. It also can be translated to celebrate. Another word I want to share is the Hebrew word, manua. It also translates to Rest but it's a different kind of rest. It's not just a nap on the couch. It's a restfulness that's also a celebration. It's often translated into happiness. Manua is something we create. It's not just a day or a moment out of the week where we sit on the couch and read our Bible. It's about cultivating an environment, an atmosphere, to enjoy your life, your world, and God. Now, moving on to the excerpt, um, Manning writes that he sees these people lining outside of a venue for a large wedding reception, and they're really excited, they're bursting with impatience, they can't wait to get in, um, and they're sure of their reserved seats. And then he moves in to tell a more metaphorical story. But most of us stand outside the banquet door, listening to the merriment and festivity inside, half hoping that there really is a banquet in there, and that it's the nature of the world to be a celebration, We'd like to go in and celebrate, but wow, what if it's wrong? What if there is no banquet in there? What if it's a trick? Why don't a lot of us go in now? Because we know that inside, it's not a perfect banquet for the simple fact that we are still living between the cross and the resurrection. Christianity doesn't deny the reality of suffering and evil. Remember after Jesus came down the Mount of Transfiguration, he told his disciples that he was going up to Jerusalem that he would be executed, and that he would triumph over death. Jesus was not the least bit confident that he would be spared suffering. He knew that suffering was necessary, but he was confident of vindication. Our hope, our acceptance of the invitation to the banquet is not based on the idea that we are going to be free from pain and suffering. Rather, it is based on the conviction that we will triumph over suffering. That is so good. Resting in God doesn't look like praying weaknesses away or begging God to change you. Instead, it's just letting God be God. Pausing to realize your worries, the present moment stressor, the dream you feel that you won't be sure if it will come into fruition, is really just a speck in the perspective of heaven. Can you imagine heaven? Can you breathe in the fresh air it presents? This is from my own personal writing. So again, just let God be God And speak to you whatever he wants to speak to you. I carry no weight in this war between myself and me. I carry no weight at all. This being because the weight I thrust at myself hits me, but I do not absorb. But in it, I lose part of myself. I do not gain a double portion of pain in the constant struggle of my thoughts. But instead, I only become lesser than I was before. I decided to use myself as a weapon against myself. In this, I chose not to be weak. I realized by worldly standards, I could not, nor could I ever attain a point where I would look in the mirror and decide myself to be completely perfect and completely pleasing. No. I would always search to find something wrong. No. I would not even have to search, because as a human with the eternal perspective of a pinhole, I would always find something wrong with the picture I see of me. Where did this war come from? How did I wage it on? How can I end it? Do I dwell on my uncertainties and ask God to fill me in on every insecurity that will ever surface on my flesh? Or can I choose to devote myself to the very pinhole perspective I have? I can try my very best to squint my eyes to see through that very almost indiscernible pinhole until I can catch a glimpse of heaven's perspective. I can squint and continue squinting until it has become my adopted nature, until it becomes easier, until I forget I'm squinting at all. Until the pinhole gets bigger, or rather, I become smaller, or simultaneously both. I have no other option than to commit myself to this because I believe. That's it. I believe. If you cannot believe, then what you get is an ever-present pinhole behind the dresser in the corner of your room that only you think about late at night, those very restless nights. If you cannot believe, then what you get is a hanging picture of yourself everywhere you go. The picture will only become uglier, and you will notice more flaws in yourself than ever before. If you cannot believe, then what you get is a war that will run you broke, dry, desolate, and beat. If you cannot believe, you cannot understand what it feels like to gain more than yourself. Rather, you know only what it feels like to lose most of yourself. A pattern and spiral of the precarious nature of discovering who you are until you not even know where you began. The idiosyncrasies you want to be you are only a fickle glimmer, Reality and what it means is a fickle glimmer until you learn to trust the fickle glimmer and it becomes fickle no more. These questions are good. It means we are not easily pleased. And if we cannot be pleased, this is good because this means we are dependent on pleasure. Pleasure is heaven. Pleasure is God. Let us be pleased and squint through the pinhole. Let's celebrate that we really have nothing without God. The pressure is off. Jesus took it upon himself, the burden of the world. Let's celebrate that we have a seat at the banquet, that heaven is real, that you are beautiful, and that God roars through our sleepless nights. His voice echoes through the marble palaces and beautiful places of our souls. He consoles with the touch of a thousand hummingbirds in flight. We can rest. Let's celebrate Manua, Shabbat, Jesus Christ, our communion, and rest with our Father.
0: So good. Thank you. Always takes courage to come up. So we're going to open it up, and people who have testimonies about stuff, maybe even in the last two weeks, or things you want to add to the conversation. Um, to me, this is a very big topic. It's something that's not talked about a lot in church. Most churches, I would say, in the area of how's your soul, emotional health, um, Addressing pain, addressing hurt, not trying to go around it, going through it. Um, you know, this was a heavy week for me, if I just want to be honest with this family, because of the loss of a pastor. Some of you probably saw a pastor who about 30 years old, took his life uh, of a church down south. And I don't know why that always hits me, but it does. Um, he had two kids, and he he was an advocate, too, even on mental health and different areas of um, even suicide and anxiety and things like that. He even started a whole organization. I think it's called Anthem of Hope. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just hard. You know, I think it's just hard knowing that so many pastors, because pastors are just people, right? Right? Cool. Just want to make sure. Nothing special about them at all. Nothing special. Uh, they have the same struggles, the same fears, the same doubts. And often their be, their lives are being squeezed, not saying other lives aren't being very squeezed at different levels and jobs and home and whatnot. Um, but I think it's almost taboo to talk about certain things in church, you know. And I feel like God wants to give a voice um, to this area and his church at large that it's okay to not be okay. And I know we hear that, we read that, but like there needs to be like permission in a church family and in a culture uh, to be okay to not be okay and for us as a family to know like we're not going to go through life alone and that's the lie that we're all up against all the time is that you're on your own it's up to you to make it work you got to pull this through um, when God is continuously inviting us into being with him and doing life with him and life with others I love this line uh, that Krista wrote. She said, resting in God doesn't look like praying weakness away or begging God to change you instead. It's letting God be God. I mean, dude, that is fire. Like, I honestly, like, resting in God doesn't look like praying weakness away or begging God to change you. Instead, it's just letting God be God. And I think we're all just learning how do we let our God be God in our life. It's so rare for me, sitting with hundreds of lives over the years, maybe even more, um, to find people who grew up in homes where it was okay to not be okay, and they had a voice in that. It's like so rare. Most people grew up in homes where they knew they were loved, but their family actually didn't know how to love them. And because they didn't have uh, people saying how, I mean, I feel like so many people in counseling would never be in counseling. If someone was in the environment And was like, how are you doing? How's it going? That sounds really hard. Tell me more about that. Someone to actually attune to what was happening with them. Bible says this, cast all your anxieties upon God because he cares for you. Most of us actually suck at doing that because we didn't have that growing up. If you had that growing up, you would be much better at telling God what's going on, what's hard in your life, joys. There would be an easier line here. But because most of us didn't have that, we're learning this God actually wants to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. He's okay with being with me in my freaking mess when I don't have it together. One of the hardest things to do is receive God's love when you know you don't deserve it. It's easy when all your ducks are in a row and you're nailing it. You're like, glory to God, he loves me. You know, but when you screw up and you were a jerk or an idiot or looked at something or did something, and then you want to return back to him, it's rare to find people who are that confident in love. Even when our heart condemns us, it says God's greater than our heart and he knows all things. And that he loves us right where we're at right in the middle of that freaking mess he's like I'm with you I mean is that not the gospel he lives heaven to enter in our mess now as believers we think we'll just clean it up and then we should be like you know we shouldn't do that anymore we shouldn't have these problems anymore and when it comes to emotional health you could still be struggling with stuff and love God I just someone needs to hear that you could be in that stuff and you still love God but you still have stuff going on and what I love about Jesus is there's hope, guys. I don't know where you're at today or what's going on. And some of you are like, eh, you know. But trust me, there will come a day where what I'm saying right now will make more sense for some of you. Because, man, I've walked with people after they leave IV into other things in life, bridges some of you have not crossed, things that will squeeze you in ways you never thought you'd be squeezed. And that's when God gets real. That's when God gets real. Some of you have been through hard things already in your upbringing and childhood. And sometimes that's a gift later because then it kind of takes off the veneer and it allows, like, the true to actually come forward quicker. But life has a way of freaking squeezing sometimes. I have ten kids staying at my house. Six of them are ours. Four are my sisters. I've freaking been squeezed the last, like, three days. Stuff's coming out of me. I'm like, That sucks. That's still in me? <laughs> Frickin' jerk. Sorry, boys. Apologies from the front. Anyway, that's enough for me. Psalm 62, five says, My soul waits in silence for God and God only. It's good to bring the soul into God's presence. My soul waits in silence for God and God only. Cool, I'm just going to leave it. And there's never pressure. Um... But if you feel like you want to add something or say something, feel free. Always
2: clap, because it's a lot to Oh, is it? Okay. Um, so I'm JR. I go to Westmont College. I'm a sophomore. I'm from North Carolina, and I've I've just recently started coming to the church uh, the past couple of weeks and stuff, but um, recently I've been starting to try uh, reading the Bible more often and uh, living life and and my journey with God, and uh, yesterday I read Proverbs 16. I don't know how many of you guys are struggling right now, questioning, like, whether or not God has a plan for you. I I question it all the time. Like, I follow God with a blind trust, and uh, I came to Westmont. I don't have any friends. I don't have any family here never even been to California before I even came here and uh I question whether or not like I have a plan like I and I question what God has for me here and I I came here with expectations of what I wanted in life and that's kind of me telling God like okay well I'm going to come here and this is what's going to happen and that's that's not how life goes it's you go somewhere and God shows you and tells you what's going to happen so nothing really goes in your life as planned but God always has a plan and uh in six, uh, chapter 16, verse 1 of Proverbs, um, it says, The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. And that, and in my Bible, it said that we, we can make our own plans, but God is the one that decides how they go and how everything goes with that. And in 3 and 4, it continues. It says, Commit your word to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Now, everything in our life goes for a reason. My dad died when I was 16. My brother, older brother, died when I was 9. My younger brother was shot and killed in January when he was 15 years old. And I had plans with each and every single one of them. I wanted to see my older brother get married and be a part of his life. I was going to be an uh, uncle. And I wanted to be there for my younger brother when he turned 18 and stuff, I wanted to help guide him into whatever life he was going to go into. And my dad, he's my dad. You have all the plans that you could ever imagine with that, whether or not it's him seeing my sisters get married, see me graduate, see me win states, anything. And just, I questioned whether or not God had a plan, but every single purpose, that every, every single thing that's gone through each of those struggles, I've learned something every single time. And I, I'm fearful of opening up to people. I'm fearful of talking to people and loving people and showing people who I am because I've moved around so much and I've lost so many people in my life that it hurts and it sucks to put into people. And it sucks to be able to open up and know that I'm just going to get hurt again at the end of the day. And the last verse of verse 16 is th- uh, it says, uh, in my Bible it said, we may throw the dice, but in the end God sh- decides how they roll. And... Like, I, I can make all these ideas, and I can think of everything, and it's not going to go the way I want it to, because if it's not what God wants, it's not, it's not what's going to happen. But if any of you guys are questioning whether or not God has a plan for you, and like I have so many times, God most definitely has a plan for you. And it might not always go the way you want it to. and it might not always go when you want it to. But at the end of the day, it's what he decides to do. And if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. But until then, he's going to make everything fall into place how he wants it to. like acknowledge that I was like so yeah. crazy
3: So, my name is Dylan. I'm also from Musmuck College. I'm a first year. And this is my third week at IVC. But um, I came in today with a lot of heaviness on my heart from just this past week. Um, I'd found out this week that one of my former classmates took his own life. And um, I didn't know him that well, but I just it just really weighed on me, the... The fact that that could happen, and that happens in circles like this, and um, and just like stuff with friends, it was all just weighing down, and um, I felt most of all kind of just alone, and kind of what that's what I've been feeling um, ever since I've got here. But um, I would say when I walked through these doors, and I just sat and I received from the worship and the um, just the people and the smiles around, I felt. Um, the presence of God just kind of descend on me and I just started weeping and I just was like God I I need a hug I need a hug from you and it's the craziest thing this warmth just kind of descended on me and I just felt so alive I started laughing with joy just pure joy that kind of joy that just like you don't know why you're laughing and you don't know why you're so happy but the surpasses all understanding, and so um, after that, I just realized, like, you can never really overstate the importance of your time with God and your time in His presence. I I know I grew up in America, and this culture is just so, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What are you doing? What are you making towards your goal? How are you moving towards there? And All the time, we just kind of need to stop and just say, I need Jesus' time. I need to be with him. I need his presence. And so I would just encourage myself with that, and if you guys are encouraged by that as well. Thank you.
4: up guys um not i don't have anything in line with the last two amazing guys who the braveness to come up and share um but i just had a kind of a revelation on um jason's teaching about like peace i may pull up the verse um peace i leave with you my peace i give to you Uh, not as the world gives do i give to you and uh, i was just thinking about just while during worship how, uh, you know, in Genesis, uh, when we have shalom, peace with God, it was something that stuck in my mind is that that was before, like, sin came into play, and as soon as sin came in, that, that introduced this whole new dynamic between God and man, which was, how do I get up to God, or how can I be as close as possible to God, or how can I measure up? This, this time between the first sin introduction of sin all the way until Jesus died on the cross and the veil was torn. And then I was just thinking, my mind went to um, Romans 5, um, 5, 5 1, where it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that peace, I believe, is the same peace that we had in Shalom in, in the garden, which is uh, a peace that is apart from any striving. It's all based on what he's done. And um, as we look into verse 2, it says, through him, we have also obtained access uh, by faith into this grace in which we stand um, and we rejoice in hope, uh, in hope of the glory of God. Um, and it's the same, um, it's almost, I don't know, it's just so special that we can return and obtain this, uh, uh, this new access now by faith back into as if sin never existed in our lives. And it just, to me, illustrated how sin and peace are in opposition to, to one another and how being made fully righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ and by his grace, now we can not just have peace with God in his standing, but through the way we are able to live our life and do relationship with God and love other people, we can, kind of like Jonathan was saying, live like Christ and live like um, someone who, who never knew sin or had sin never be a part of their life. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was a cool thought and just wanted to encourage you guys with that. Like, we have peace with God, that same shalom peace, and we can walk in it and, uh, and, and live free from sin and enjoy fellowship with God, um, apart even from our performance, because he enables us through the cross. So.
5: Hey, guys. Hey guys. My, na- my name is Demis. Um, I just wanted to share something with many of you who already know us that. Um, You know, we've been going through a lot of stuff over this last year and the two children who were living with us left in July and that has been really sad and really hard. And uh, I guess just some of the things that I wanted to share about that, that I've been thinking about were, you know, um, uh, just like this young man um, shared, what was your name again? Just like JR, just like JR shared, um, you know, questions you thought you had answered about who God was and why things happened and what their purpose is, sometimes they come up again and we find, ourselves, we find ourselves asking the same questions again and again. Like, why did this happen? Like, did I do something wrong? Was I not righteous enough? <laughs> right? Did I deserve this somehow? Or, you know, did we, did we not follow God this whole time? Like, you just, you just you can question everything. I'll just um, mention that it's still something that's a little hard for us to talk about still, but... Um, uh, but one of the things that, that, we're, that really strikes me in the whole situation is sometimes you ask, if this is so hard, if this is so sad, should we have done it? And I remember one of the last stories I read to one of the children when he was in our house, actually the last day before he left, uh, was um, I had been reading uh, in the Jesus Storybook Bible. By the way, you can read children's Bibles, and you can read it every day and get an amazing revelation. It's crazy. It's amazing. That Bible, seriously. I'd, yeah, I'd read that Bible to those children every day, and I'd just be like, wow, this blows my mind, <laughs> you know, um, and how relevant it was to them. So I'd been reading through, like, the whole crucifixion story. And, you know, I'd been reading that for months, and I'm just like, I'm not going to read that last part yet. It's a little intense. Anyway, this, we finally were there, and I was reading about Jesus going to the garden in Gethsemane and, um, and crying and crying out. You know, in the Jesus' story of the Bible, they, they say that um, he was like so heartbroken that he was going to be separated from his father, which actually is exactly what happened to these two children that I was reading it to. And um, the question of whether we would go through something that is so hard and whether that's, whether, you know, was this right if it was this hard, right? Let's answer right in that story that he did something extremely hard and it was exactly what was the right thing to do. And he didn't want to do it, right? And he's like, God, please, if there's any other way, please give me another way. But I'll do what Your will, right? So the one thing I can hold on to, like no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, like, you know, we were hearing from God the whole time and trying our best to follow Him. Sometimes there's confusion in there. Heck, there was even uh, there was uh, times when we we're asking, him, "What should we do?" And He's like, "The choice is yours," and that's just not the answer you want sometimes. Like you can go both of these ways, you know. And it's like, can you just tell me, please? <laughs> right. But at least there's that, right? We followed. His will to the best of our ability, even with all the confusion. And just because it was hard, and just because it was sad, was sad, doesn't mean it was the wrong thing to do. In fact, there's so many ways in which, in which it was the right thing to do. Um, there's one proverb uh, that we, the three of us read this morning that um, I just thought was a little bit pertinent. It was just kind of interesting. It struck me because it, it was interesting. This is uh, Proverbs 30. Um, he says two things I ask of you he's talking to God deny them not before me before deny them not to me before I die uh, the first one is uh, re- remove far from me falsehood and lying okay we all want that right it's the next part that I thought was surprising give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food that is needful for me or give me just enough food that i need Otherwise, so that I, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Saying like, don't give me too much that I don't need you. And that I would just, you know, it's exactly what uh, someone said earlier that, or I think Jason said it earlier. We could have, everything's going well and we're like, I'm, I'm good. That's cool, God. Yeah, you know, I'll let you know when I need you. And then on the other side, or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of God. There's some middle way there, right? But it's not like, I want my life to go perfectly, God. Right? That's just what the proverb says.
6: Yeah. Hi, I'm Joanna. I've been here for about two years, and I go to Santa Barbara City College. Um, so, I just love, the, like, the topic of, your, like, filling, your, filling our souls um, I went to BSSM for three years, and something that Banning-Liepscher said once that totally stuck with me was, uh, I thought that life was a timeline, and I was always behind. And I think, as a 25-year-old who's in community college, like, I constantly have this mindset of, like, I'm supposed to be somewhere right now, and so I'm always pushing myself, and I've had a really hard time just, like, saying no to things and just, like, stepping back, and especially actually taking a Sabbath. And I always thought it was like, oh, it's like an Old Testament thing, (laughs) like, and it's like legalistic. (laughs) Um, But I, Krista, I love what you said, like, it actually comes from the word Shabbat. And um, I thought, like, it was just about getting physical rest, but God's been showing me, like, it's actually at three levels, it's spiritually and emotionally and physically. And you can spend a whole day, like, just sleeping in and that's, like, still not enough. And, um, my phone's not working, so I don't know where this is, but there's two verses I thought of, um, one is, man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man, so, like, God actually made that time for us, um, and it's almost like giving the Lord, like, a day of your time is an act of faith, because it's like, God, like, I'm still trusting you, it's almost like tithing your time, like, I'm still trusting you to do with this time what I would normally think I could do on my own strength, Um, and it's really important because that just, like, fills us up, Um, and David, I love how much he talks about this in the Psalms, and I think, like, he understood that because he, like, his life was crazy. (laughs) He was, like, either finding someone or hiding from someone or, like, just on the run, and yet he still found time to make that happen when he was in the middle of, like, leading this band of warrior outcasts and being king he would constantly talk about his soul um and one of my favorite verses is return to rest oh my soul for the lord has been good to you um and so like even just like the other night I, I almost started like crying and I'm like I'm so stressed out and I was getting sick and I know that's like a sign of just doing too much and so like today I like woke up and I'm like I'm gonna start my day with homework and then clean the house and like I just woke up, and I was, like, in the Word (laughs) for a while, and, um, like, it's just so fulfilling, like, on, I don't even know what level, like, emotionally or spiritually, but just, like, on a soul level of just literally, like, feeling replenished. It's almost, like, feeling like you're letting out a breath of your life versus just, like, going, going, going. So, all that to say, um, it's something that I still struggle with, like, taking that time and, like, being very intentional with, like, I have a day where I'm not working and I'm not in school and I'm, unless it, like, is something I like, maybe I'll do homework, but, like, it can't be, like, something where I'm, like, I'm putting a lot of mental energy into this. So, just encourage you guys to, like, pray about, like, what that looks like for, for you and realize, like, that's God's gift for us. And then I thought of this, um, just these, like, three lines from a song I wrote, like, seven years ago about this, which I feel like I was supposed Um... So it's just like the chorus, and it goes, I find rest for my soul, slow my steps, and I know in your presence I'm made whole again. So yeah, just bless you guys with that.
7: Hi, my name is Sierra. I just moved here like three months ago, post-grad. Um, and I just want to emphasize like on this rest thing, I did my degree in three years instead of four years. So that looks like a lot of overloaded credit semesters. And when you're taking 24 credits in one semester, you don't just like accidentally find yourself in rest. You have to make time for rest. And so I learned a lot about rest in my last three years, and I think the biggest thing that I learned is that, you know, we were created on the sixth day, and we immediately entered on the seventh day into rest with God, and our culture tells us that we should work, 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 and then we deserve our vacation, or we should work, and then we deserve to go to sleep and hang out with our friends. But actually, the way that we were designed, like in the original creation, is that we We're meant to start from rest. And so we should be working from rest, not working to receive rest. Um, So as we're going into the season of school starting and Jesus Burgers and ministry and stuff, um, don't wait to find time. Make the time.
8: So good. I felt like I was supposed to wait because there was somebody else who was going to go before me and that was Sierra. Praise God. Um, So in just following exactly what she said um, to continue, your value doesn't change based on the amount of tangible fruits we see from your life. Your value is unchanging because Jesus paid his life for you and the value of his life is infinite. Um, And Applying that to this topic of rest, um, I I know that I was wired to work and to work really hard and um, get a lot of stuff done. And I feel like God's been trying to teach me how to rest for like five years uh, plus. And every year he would bring me back to it and he's like, did you learn to rest? And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, not yet. Um, And a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with the worship pastor from my dad's church back in Chicago. And I was just telling him about things going on in my life. And we were talking about work and expanding the kingdom and rest and business and music. Um, And he said, man, our... Our current definition of rest is not working. Um, We have this idea of rest that um, the end of that idea of rest means that my weekend, my pillow, or my weekend, my pillow, or vacation are my savior. And we also operate with this mindset of, I'm a battery. I need to be recharged, and then I'm going to go and deplete all of that energy. Um, Neither of those work, because Jesus is your only Savior. Your weekend, your pillow, your vacation is not your Savior. Um, You need to plug in to his presence and stay plugged in. We're not a battery. We're not batteries. Um, but he was telling me about telling me about rest, and he said, "I used to be a boxer, and I had forgotten that." I was like, "Joe, you're a boss." Um, and he's in the he was in the ring during training, and his coaches would say, "Joe, you need to rest," and they'd yell at him while he was in the ring, taking punches and throwing punches, and he didn't under he didn't get it. And until he got it. Um, because rest is not, um, it's not just sitting still, it's not just taking a nap, it's not just going on vacation. Those are forms of physical experiences where you can encounter rest. But just because you go on vacation doesn't mean you're getting rest. And just because you're going to sleep doesn't mean you're getting rest. Rest is Jesus the peace in the midst of chaos, and he exemplified it when he, when he spoke to the storm, like Jason said like last week or the week before. When Jesus spoke peace over the storm and told the storm to stop, he was, he was coming from that place of rest. He, he had been asleep, and he was coming from that place of rest, and then he let out the rest that was inside of him, and it literally changed everything around him. And I think so often we miss out on chaotic opportunities to release the rest that's inside. The rest that comes from being rooted in our identity in Jesus, that our value never changes. That no matter how hard we work or how many things we do, that his love for us is only growing. Like, we're not, working to perf- we're not performing to gain anything from him. Like, um, even the concept of being used by God is outdated because Saul knew, or Saul was used by God. David knew God. And we have an opportunity here to walk in this covenant with Jesus where that rest that he exemplified for us when he was in the boat, changing the entire atmosphere, we have an opportunity to step into that and to practice that. And sometimes that means we need to take a nap. Instead of going in, going into a chaotic situation and whatever, but sometimes it means we need to walk into that situation. Um, say, for example, like your your inner inner world is like chaotic. A lot, a lot of things going on. A lot of to dos. I'm super stressed out. I just got off of work. Should I go to Jesus Burgers tonight, or should I go to IVC, or should I go to real life, or should I go to chapel, whatever it is? Um, sometimes, like, there's a, a learning curve and an opportunity to walk into that situation instead of walk away and try to obtain rest on your own. Um, and I just think we miss out often um, because we have this, like, I've got to recharge my batteries idea. Instead of like I'm plugged into the presence of God, and wherever I go, peace is there because he's the prince of peace um, and uh, I had one last thing that uh, or two more things the It's the adamic delusion that any type of complete li- completeness, perfection, or rest is found outside of relationship with Jesus, right when it, like, it's a delusion. There is there is no completeness, no rest, no perfection outside of relationship with him. Um, and that applies to more than just those three things. It applies to love. It applies to hope. Like, um, yeah. And then um, one last thing, just how this has played out in my life um, in regards to, like, taking those opportunities to like plug into his presence Um, in the middle of so many other things going on in my mind is when leading worship like there are so many musical things going through my mind and sometimes you can tell because my mouth will hang open when I'm playing because like I'd, I'd lose control of like my mouth because I can't I'm like there's so many other things happening I'm thinking about chord progressions, I'm thinking about melodies, I'm thinking about timing, I'm thinking about communicating with all the other band members. I'm thinking about like what what's going on in this room, like who's walking in. God, what are you saying? And then on top of that just trying to just be me and Jesus like ministering to his heart. <laughs> and that's that's a lot. And I just wanted to share that because like that's something that I encounter in the day to day as I lead worship, and as I, like, anything anything in, in my life, but, like, that's just what my life looks like. I can't imagine what all of your inner worlds look like in everyday situations in your workplace, in the things that you say yes to, the things that you commit to. Um, but it's a lot, and I just, that's why I wanted to, like, bring up this thing about, like, I really don't want us to miss out on staying plugged in and walking into those situations um, because I just think that he's increasing our capacity for faith, hope, and love. Um, And, yeah. So, but I'm telling you, it's possible to stay plugged in no matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in. Um, and I really believe that that is like participating with a system that God has set up for us, for us to walk and live and talk and walk in the power exactly like Jesus did, um,
9: crazy revelation this week. And I heard like in my head you're supposed to share this. Like you've got to say something. And I was like, well, that's just too bad cuz I'm pretty sure someone's speaking at church on Sunday. So, maybe next time. Um so anyway, I feel like I have to get up here and and share it. Um it's just been kind of a funny week. Um sometimes God really moves in your life quickly, I feel, or he really opens um, your mind so much. I feel like that's what this week has been for me. And it kind of started with meeting someone who was like a non-believer. I have no idea why I went up to this guy and just started a conversation with him. And then somehow I'm just like at the cruisery, like drinking a beer with this dude and talking about God. And he doesn't believe in God because his he prayed one time and his mother still died. And I think we can all relate to that in some way, like you pray and you ask God for something and it just doesn't happen the way you want it to happen. And it could be crazy, like, you know, losing a parent, losing a person, or I didn't get to work on time, even though I prayed that I'd get to work on time, even though I left late. So, you know, it's like little things are big things. (laughs) Only me? That's just me? Okay. (laughs) Anyway, and I thought about my relationship with God, and it was always a struggle for me growing up in like a Baptist church, because I heard get close to God, be in the word, but all of that was to feel righteous. Like, it was like, The drug of righteousness and feeling so close to God, like I'm with God, you know? And I just hated it. My spirit just hated it. I thought, no, (laughs) I, I don't want anything to do with that. And I feel like lately I've thought about my relationship with other people. And as I was talking to that guy, I thought about my relationship with God. And I thought, how horrible. I am like the worst friend to God. I go to him, and I say, do this. Thank you. Bye-bye. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm like, you weren't there. You didn't do what I asked. And think about friends we have in our lives that treat us like that and how soul-crushing it is to see it. And just, you know, beyond the fact that God has a greater plan and he knows way better than we do, I just think... I started to realize my relationship with God wasn't, he doesn't want to have a relationship with us just so that he can feel good and he wants all the praise. We cannot have a good relationship with anyone in our lives and we cannot love anyone well enough until we love God. And it was learning that, that I kind of started to see things differently. And I don't know if that'll land for anyone, but for me it was like super radical that that's my relationship with God and that needs to change. And I just feel like that's what growing closer to God is. It's not having to ask God to fix something. It's getting closer to him and having things radically change around you. It's not asking. It's just receiving. And it's so incredible. And that's the way God made us to be. And even just being in relationship with other people... You know, sometimes we come across people that we don't like, and God's just been moving in me so much because he loves them, and when we love God, we start to love these people that we hated, and we're like, why? I don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like them, and you start to see all the things that God loves about them, and just love starts to fill your whole heart, and I just, I don't know. I think it's pretty crazy. Um, so anyway, that's kind of a, a bunch of things all at once, but I just think it's really important to stop praying the way we were maybe taught to pray, and to stop coming to God the way we were taught to come to, to God, and for the reasons that we were taught to come to God, and it can look like so many different things for so many different people, but when you do get closer and closer to God, I feel like You don't have to ask for this to change and this to change and that to change. It's like a domino effect of just so much good stuff. So I'm going to leave it there. Thank you.
10: Hey, y'all. I know, like, a handful of you here, because I used to go to uh, Jesus Burgers, like, two years ago, like, when I was still in high school, Um, but recently, I've been doing a lot of self-like reflection. I just kind of got out of, like, a really weird part of my life where I just, like, went crazy, like, just crazy dark, like, just bad thoughts, bad everything, kind of had a crazy life, but throughout my crazy, weird life, like, it's a boring life. I grew up in Vermont. Like, there's nothing to do there, (laughs) But, um, like, I moved out here two years ago, and it's been so crazy. Like, what can happen in two years is crazy. Um, And, like, 17 years is just, like, nothing. It's so boring. Um, But, like, because of my self-reflection, I've noticed a lot of the times I was super in a bad place. And I was like, dang, I really hate where I'm at. And, like, I do everything in my power to get out of it and to be like, God, like, really need you like this place sucks or feeling this way sucks or like I don't want to be hanging out with these people I don't want to go to school any of that like this music's killing me like the music I'm making is like terrible like it's just bad for my (laughs) my heart and my soul and my mind um but like what I realized because that's what I just got out of like I was making really bad music that just wasn't good for me (laughs) and like my faith and I kind of got lost in that for a while um but, like I said, as I've been self-reflecting, at the end of all of these hard points in my life, and after, like, all the scars that I've had and just everything I've dealt with, I've always just found peace. I've always just been able to be, like, just, to, like, sit down and be like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just got through that type of thing. And, like, I think it's really hard for me to, like, be in those moments and be like, well, just, Ace, hey, think about, like, you just got through, like, all the other stuff, and you already know what's at the end of it all. Like, why can't you just, like, I don't know, just, like, do something about it? I get really lost in that thought sometimes, but I don't know. I This morning I woke up at 3.11 a.m. to go to work like I do every day, and something was just like, today's Sunday. I should go to church because <laughs> obviously being up at 3.11 and working until, like, 12, I don't get to go to, like, you know, the 10 o'clock service. I usually go to at Ocean Hills, but I was like, shoot, IVC's at 4. I can totally make that. Um, and I'm so glad I came. It was so good to see all the friendly faces I used to see all the time, you know, like a year and a half ago. It's cool to see everyone. Thank you.
0: Does anyone else feel like, man, I gotta share this before Jason closes out? If that's you with the pounding heart that has sat there the whole time, this is your time. We're good. Oh, Junior. Okay, baby. Welcome, Junior. Up. up Yo, hello. I'm
11: Junior. Been in the church for like five years, maybe four. I don't know. Well, I wanted to read this like little section first. It's just like the first part of the Beatitudes, and says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn." for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And that little, like, section has sort of worked itself as a place of, like, when my soul is feeling like out of whack, it's like I don't know like where um where am I supposed to rest or where am I supposed to go to find security again. For some reason, my soul like delights in the Beatitudes. I just like I go, I read, it's like, yeah, like blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God's like I'm gonna try to seek out what it means to be pure in heart. And like sometimes we fall short of that of those things or um Even with, like, trying to be a peacemaker, it's, like, peace to one person isn't peace to another person. Like, you find those out if you live in a community house sometimes. (laughs) So, uh, but, yeah, on this past two weeks, we talked about a lot of, like, the soul. And um, one thing that I took to heart, like, very seriously last week was, like, how do you feed your soul? Like, what is life-giving for that? And so I endeavored to do some things that I wouldn't normally do for the past three years. To give a little background, I lived at the Jesus Burgers house, So a lot of my internal world was like, all right, I want to be a good face for the Jesus Burgers house, and I want to make sure that, like, everything I do reflects this, like, great house, like, well. And then when I got out of the house, I didn't know what I was doing, and I was like, oh, shoot, like, I don't even know what I reflect on my own anymore. So anyways, this past week, I, like, drank some beer, and I, like, never drink beer, like, Not that it was something that needed to feed my soul, but it was something that I know is, like, communal for some people. And, like, I trust those people. I trust their decisions. In my house, like, alcohol was never a, a like, fun thing. It was always, like, led to really bad things. But it was just, like, a a way for me to relax with some people. And then later in the week, because that went really well. I, like, prayed it, like, while I had a drink. And I was like, God, this is cool. And then later in the week, I, like, listened to what I would call, like, thug music, which... Like, I have given up those parts of my life because I feel like it got me unnecessarily angry. But now I listen to it, I'm like, gosh, this is so cool. Like, this guy on the other side of the mic, like, he experienced something that he didn't know how to process and turned to music. And, like, then he gets to share those projects with people. And it's not just this habituation of anger and aggression. It's actually, like, a forward progress for whatever those issues that he's rapping about. And so those are some ways that I was able to, like basically feed my soul of just, like, all right, like, soul, like, what do you want to do? How are we going to do this with God? And um, it turned into a pretty cool past two weeks, so.
0: (laughs) Well, there's the fruit of my sermons. (laughs) Praise God. Beer beer and thug music. (laughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) I love it good, Junior. Honestly, it is. Jesus' first miracle, water to wine, so it's all good. Do uh, it again. I see. Mike's Italian. I like some good NF. Fires me up. He's a rapper, Christian. It's about all I can listen to. I listen to so much gangster rap. I can't go there. Just, It's crazy how music can come back so fast. Um, so, Just to your neighbor, say, I'm learning to be with God. I'm learning to be with God. And then the second thing is, who has always been with me? So we're all learning to be with this person who has always been with us, right? Come on. Well, Father, we just love you. We say thank you for this gathering. God, we thank you that you're the God of body, soul, and spirit. And Father, we are asking that you would teach us as a family how to be a healthy body, a healthy church, God, how to love our city and prepare our hearts for the school year. Jesus, I thank you. In the midst of revival, you told the disciples to get away and go to a lonely place. And I just believe you're saying that to us, God, that we need to continue to find that place throughout the day, like Mark was talking about, and just throughout carving out time for you. God, we thank you. Even through the Psalms, we see Selah, just pause Give thanks, slow it down, honor you. God, teach us to have Selah moments. God, teach us to smell roses. <laughs> God, teach us to honor you with the sunset. God, just teach us to see you throughout our days. God, we're learning to be with you, and we're so thankful that you have always been with us. God, we are so thankful. Make us aware, God, of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Cool. Cool.